Hi everyone, welcome to The Essentials, the show that brings you must-have advice, ideas, and encouragement for you to take with you on your journey through life. I'm Maddie Flint, and today I'm going to talk to you about how to spice up your conversations. As you may know if you've been listening for a little while, I am minoring in linguistics. I love to study languages, how they function, how they've changed, how they sound, the comparative history of them, and the biopsychology behind them. Studying language is really studying human cognition and all the wonders that the brain can work, and it's so interesting to me. And I study it alongside the human biological sciences, and they really do complement each other so nicely. In this episode, I'm going to give you guys some tips to really improve your conversations because people don't really take the time to cultivate their conversation skills. And I don't think it's a lot of people's main intention to just not think about it. But based on our society, and I tend to talk about this a lot, there's an immediacy in everything that we do nowadays. So people are texting, people are emailing, people barely email anymore. It's basically just text. Or if they are emailing, it's just very brief. And so there's really not much of a demand in in in-person, face-to-face conversations. And I think a lot of people would rather go back to the way it was when that was in demand, when that was more the norm. Um, A lot of times people find that texting gets dry or that it can be really hard to find that spark and make a connection with somebody when it's kind of just surface level texting rather than a deep conversation that's one-on-one and that actually goes places further than talking about the weather. People want to go a little deeper. There are so many benefits that come with good speaking and conversation. It can build confidence, help you be able to use concise language, It helps you to put information you know or have learned, maybe just learned, into perspective, which will then help you really remember it better, and all while creating a unique connection to the person that you're conversing with. There are also biochemical secretions going on in the brain that will trigger different feelings. If you're enjoying a conversation, let's say, your brain will release dopamine, endorphins, or oxytocin. Deep talk is really great. Who needs drugs? Sometimes when I'm speaking to others or writing, whether it's an email or texting, I can hear or see myself using the same words pretty frequently, and I often start to be hyper aware of it, and I want to start using different words. Like the other day, I was driving on my way to go see one of my good friends, and on my way there, I was like, oh, I wonder what word I'm going to be overusing today. So I don't know if that's just because I study words and their meanings and their sounds and the manner in which they are articulated, or if that's something that a lot of other people do, but I feel like other people might do that too. Maybe not as often as I do, but I'm sure it's a common occurrence. So if you ever do want to spice up your everyday English, here are some synonyms to some pretty commonly overused words. Instead of saying kinda, or kind of technically, but it's shortened to kinda in casual English, you could say a shade, or fairly, or maybe moderately, if you're feeling like it. Instead of saying very as an adverb when implying much of something, examples could be very hot, very good. You could say particularly, 
especially, superlatively, or awfully. I think part of the reason very is so overused is that it's short, concise, gets right to the point, and it's not a lot of syllables, like, um, particularly, but if you want to add some spice, then you could use those words with all the extra L's. Instead of saying basically, you could use intrinsically, primarily, firstly, or at heart. This one I noticed that I use a lot when texting, and it's just a plain old okay. And you know, sometimes that's the only word that fits, and that's okay. But if you want to change it up and use a different adverb for yes, you could use affirmative, agreed, gladly, assuredly, precisely, beyond a doubt. Even though for this modern world, that's kind of a bit of a mouthful, but a good old sure thing could work too. Indubitably. <laughs> and I think I say well a lot too in texting, but as a means to either imply that it's time to end the conversation because I have to go, or to initiate that I'm about to have an opposite view or stance on something. Or like to put my two cents into a conversation or whatever. And I guess in that context, it's probably fine because I don't really know what I could replace that with. But in a very well case or a well done, you could throw in a sufficiently or bountifully or convalescent as in improving instead of doing well. Then we also have everyone's favorite ubiquitous filler word, like. Instead of like, you could say such as or namely. You could also say viz, which is a word whose usage has drastically declined over time. It's kind of just fallen out of most people's mental lexicon, but hey, if you want, bring it back. It would be used in context where you want to imply some sort of specificity, or if you want to say that is. And I think the word like does have its place as it's sometimes the only word that properly executes what it is that we're trying to say. And I'm going to just take a moment to talk about the word like because over time it's gained so much more use. I think English speakers use it like breathing. Should I be doing a like count on myself? There's an article by John McWhorter on theatlantic.com that talks about the evolution of like in culture. I think it's a great read. It explains a lot of the progression of the word. So to summarize the article and my findings and thoughts on that, throughout history, we see like fade into the ly suffix after being used to imply that something is similar to, as in angry like or slow like. It became part of a compound, as in likewise, many of us using like-minded more commonly. Then we see it used as a filler because when younger generations like mine use it, it's not always to imply similarities, as I did just then. Our usage of the word is extremely regular. We hear it constantly. McCorder states that, quote, like has become a marker of the human mind at work in conversation, end quote. And I think that sums it up very thoughtfully because when we are putting like in front of something while telling a story, it's a way of inserting a level of factuality for example, I had said, when the sun was like neon-ish due to the smog from the Canadian wildfires, and that like before neon implies that I was stating that it was factual, it's something I observed myself, 
And that's really the context that a lot of us use like in. We do use it sometimes for implications that something is alike to something else, but I think we really are mainly using it as a way to address factuality. So now that we've covered some ways to be a touch extra with word choice, now I want to share with you guys some ways to improve your conversations. 10,000coffees.com gives a couple of tips on how to hold a better conversation, one of which being don't multitask. Because if you're not fully in for the conversation, then there's going to be some disconnect between you and the other person talking. They also mention to go with the flow. You have to learn to let thoughts come and go in and out of your mind because you'll be much better at adapting to how the conversation is going. You could also try using open-ended questions or just saying that you don't know if they ask you something that you don't actually know about rather than to try to come up with a response because that might make you look unreliable. So being truthful and honest is always better, even if the truth hurts. You could just say you don't know and don't feel bad about doing that. Also, don't equate your experience with theirs. And that is something that a lot of people my age also do. I don't know if it's just people my age or if it's just the world right now. But if someone is trying to have a heart to heart, sometimes the other person will be like, yeah, same, me too, me too. And in reality, it isn't the same. And I know that the majority of the time, the other person just wants to be accommodating and maybe they want to come off as relatable because that might be comforting to someone else to know that they're going through the same thing. But in the specific case that I'm talking about right now, people will say that they understand or that it's the same for them when really all experiences are individual. And sometimes that even makes the other person sound like they're making the conversation about them, which then leads the whole conversation to feel like a promotional opportunity. And that's really not what you want. You don't want to have to be vulnerable and want to actually express feelings to this person and have them be like, yeah, same when I was doing this and that. And that just takes away from the genuine connection of conversing. You know, there is an art and a science to good conversation, and I think it's a really important skill to have. And if you're interested in this topic, you may find enjoyment in studying or reading about aspects of social cognition. There is a mental technique called bookmarking that will really help you elevate your convos and get them to advance to a deeper level. There are very talented conversationalists out there and they, they use bookmarking actively during their conversations. And it takes a little bit of practice, but it's when you add kind of a mental marker or an emphasis to a certain part of the conversation that can create a deeper connection. They're verbal markers that you say to make it easier to follow up to a previous thing, like a topic that you had discussed and you didn't want to lose track of. And then it helps you revisit that and talk about it again in the future. And I guess I should say that it only really takes practice if you don't already do it. And that's something that with conversation, the more you do it, the more I feel like it would naturally happen, where if you can tell that the conversation has really taken a turn and it's really becoming interesting, you do kind of bookmark that moment and you revisit it later on. And I think I've actually been doing that more often, but 
if you don't and you would like to try, that part might take practice on when to implement that bookmark. And once you get the hang of it, you'll be doing it without thinking. Now, something else I've noticed from my own personal experience in holding conversations with people is that it really helps to be curious and open-minded about life in general. Because if you're really curious, then you'll really be interested in hearing what the other person has to say. Conversations can allow people to gain new insights about each other, themselves, or the world. And they can be really fun. The University of California has a really great article about how to have better conversations. And a line that jumped out at me when I was reading through this is that a good conversation here then is one that promotes understanding and they are good for you. That's so important because if you aren't going into a conversation to understand something, even if it's just something like understanding a person's stance on a specific subject, or it could be understanding a concept or a topic that you wanted to learn more about and that this person is an expert in, or if it's just conversing to understand life from a different perspective. If you aren't going into the conversation with any intentions on wanting to gain any understanding, maybe that talk won't wind up feeling as deep as it could have. It's really important to be thoughtful and intentional when talking to somebody. You don't just say things for no reason. That's why it's very important to think before you speak because that would help you to be more sincere if you're taking the time to think about all the different things you could say, how to say them, and then respond appropriately. After all, having a good, solid conversation with somebody can be very beneficial for your mental health and well-being. They can build trust, they can strengthen relationships. It's even been proven by scientific study that more meaningful conversations rather than small talk are actually associated with higher well-being. So there are lots of reasons as to why you should value every conversation that you have with somebody and work on improving them because they could be improving you. And the most important thing of all to remember while you're conversing is to listen genuinely to the person who's speaking. Listen to really understand and not just listen to reply. It really helps you to be more insightful. Now, with all that being said, go have a great conversation with someone, pour some coffee, do some art or whatever your comfort activities are and go have fun. That concludes this episode of The Essentials. Thank you guys for listening. I always really appreciate it. I hope that you learned something and that you're feeling eager and confident to go and improve your conversation skills. And be sure to check out all the other great podcasters that are also right here on the BMG Network.